What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I think in last week's episode, I said, Happy New Year 2020. And then I did go on to talk about 2021. I do know what year it is. So anyway, I hope everyone's doing well. I know I am already looking forward to spring and I'm happy to see the days getting longer. For those in the Southern Hemisphere, I hope you're enjoying summer right now. While we freeze up here in the North, or at least I am, I am always cold. It's been warming up here actually to the 70s. We're gonna get into the 80s this week, so that's nice. But I'm definitely looking forward to our big move. It gets really windy up here. So even when it's warm, it's windy. Ugh, it just, it's, um, I don't like it <laughs> up here in Santa Clarita Valley. So I'm really excited to move for a lot of reasons. The wind is one of them. We finally have our move date. We have five and a half weeks before we move down to San Diego. So Corey bought the house in San Diego back in December. The old owners are renting that one back. Our house in Santa Clarita will close in about another week. We'll rent back from them until our move in late February. So this has been one of the weirdest and longest moves I've ever been through, but I'm really excited to get settled down there. Just uh, another couple months and we'll be well settled in San Diego. Okay, so there's a question today from a mom who's having a lot of struggles with her daughter's responses to life in general. So it's more of a pervasive issue than most of the questions I answer. So I wanted to spend some more time going more in depth on this question today. It, so it'll be the only one I go over. And I wanna say, this is the type of question that actually lends itself really well, much better to coaching, because it really helps to have a dialogue back and forth about specific scenarios, what's happening, what's happening before, what's happening during, um, what the reactions are, and to talk about a general plan, as well as give some specific steps for these different specific scenarios. Helps me be able to dig in a lot better and deeper when I can have a back and forth. But I'm going to give as much information as I can to help Chelsea and her daughter in this format, the email format and answering on the podcast. And any other parents who are dealing with something similar may find some really good takeaways from this as well. So Chelsea wrote in 
And she said, I'm writing to you with tears in my eyes and at a complete loss of what to do. My five-year-old daughter is always upset, angry, and has a negative outlook. The most minor inconveniences send her over the edge. I've tried so hard to talk her and validate her emotions and offer support with ways to cope, but it makes her more upset and shut down entirely even if I wait until she's calmed down. She has always had this reactive tendency ever since I can remember. But now that she's five and gained better communication skills, she's beginning to say hurtful things to her father and I. I don't want to live here anymore. You guys just don't love me. You don't care about me. If you were a fly on the wall in our home, you'd likely see more tears than laughter. She often tries to control her brother by telling him what he can or cannot do, and then is upset when she's told that she does not have to burden herself with that responsibility. If she does not do something correctly, set by her own standards, she will rip up the paper she is coloring, kick her books, or whatever it is she's currently doing. When upset, she will flail her arms and legs while crying. She has also tried manipulating her father and I through sulking. Well, I guess I just won't. I'm never going to, type of statements. Just last night at her cheer practice, she could not get the motions right and she completely shut down with tears and disobedience to her coaches. We have tried so hard to raise her in a home full of the Lord, gratefulness, love, and kindness. More often than not, we're doing some activity as a family in and out of the home. And even in those situations, if something does not go according to how she feels it should, it ends in tears and her yelling. I suffer from depression and anxiety, and I'm fearful she may also be filled with this. We are also overwhelmed with this and do not know which way to turn. We have prayed, we have talked, and we're still coming up empty. Any advice you may have to offer would be so appreciated. Thank you in advance, Chelsea. Okay, so again, I feel like there's a lot going on here that I can't really know about, given the form is so limiting, but I'm going to offer Chelsea to email Amy if this answer that I come up with today isn't getting deep enough into the crux of some of the underlying issues. I'm starting a new format for some of the episodes. I'm going to do this like once a month, maybe once every two months, where I do a free session with parents and we make it a part of the episode. We actually make it into an episode. So this scenario would fit that format really well. So Chelsea, if you decide after hearing this episode that you'd like to go deeper into this in person with me, send an email to amy at yourvillageonline.com. She'll send you the podcast coaching packet to fill out. We do have a couple other families who have already inquired as well and have the packet, so we're waiting for return. So we hope to bring our first episode in that format to the audience next month. So again, we'll do these maybe once a month at most, maybe every other month, and to get through these scenarios that are the right fit for that format, and then keep the others in our current format with uh, questions that are emailed in or me just covering specific topics that I think are helpful to parents when I get um, many questions in a row about them. Okay, so, so there are for sure a lot of factors at play here, and the ones that I can deduce are the ones that I'm going to cover here today. So there's the personality traits. So... Um, I don't have a lot of information, but what I can deduce here is that Chelsea's daughter tends to be more of the realistic mood, what we sometimes call negative. So there's three mood types that I cover in the um, temperament class. I'll talk about that in a second. She's also highly highly perfectionistic. These two things together are a tough combination because they do pile on top or feed onto one another, and they actually do tend to go together also. You know, so if I were going to do this as a session, I would talk more about her background, how she was as an infant. Was she a high needs baby? I'm going to guess that she probably was. Dig into that some more if that's the case. But for now, we know she's for sure perfectionistic and tends towards the 
negative or realistic mood. So I'm going to talk about these things, ways to work with those. Some first steps to help her daughter ease back on the expectations on herself and situations not always going the way she expects. There may be additional personality traits that can be worked on as well, but I can't tell from the email if these are um, apply to her daughter or not. But certainly things like highly feelings aware, highly expressive, um, less adaptable, and high in intensity. So those are other areas also that can be looked at and worked on all kind of put in together. Um, I also want to talk about our responsibility for versus our responsibility to our children when it comes to helping them with their emotions and their upsets. Then lastly, I'm going to cover the fears around our own mental struggles as parents, how they may or may not affect our children both environmentally and genetically, and how to navigate this both in our own minds and our behaviors. So let's, uh, so I want to get started with the realistic personality type. Sometimes it's called negative personality type. I don't really like that term negative, but it does a lot of times come across as negative. And then of course the perfectionism and how to help children with those two tendencies. So first we need to remember that the personalities are inborn. Now we certainly can influence these, but we're never going to take a child who's naturally low in one end and make them really high in that same thing. So let's just say, um, for instance, activity level, because it's the one we can see outwardly the most. If you have a child who tends to be low in activity level, they're not really super active. They really would rather lay around and read and do quiet types of activities. You're not going to turn that into a child who has an aspiration of becoming a professional athlete. It's just not going to happen. You know, they're not going to turn into a kid who's always outside riding a bike, throwing a ball, or two hours of soccer practice and pushing for more. They're not going to turn into that kid. But we can work with a child who's less active to get them out every day, to get on a walk, to play with throw the ball with the dog, to maybe take a, a hike, um, to learn to enjoy nature on those shorter hikes, play around in the pool with their friends, to help them learn that movement is an important part of taking care of our body and to find something that they enjoy in small amounts. So that's what we're talking about, kind of moving the needle a little bit, not gonna take them from one end all the way to the other. The same thing goes for anything else. A highly realistic child is not going to become super perky and see the bright side of everything, especially like a negative situation. But we can work with them to recognize their tendencies, to learn to take a different perspective, to look for a different perspective on some things when they know like, I struggle with this, I need to try to find a better perspective. As they age, you can really work with them on that and they can learn to do that and get better at it. So there's three general moods I cover as a part of the nine different traits of personality in the class on temperament. So the three general moods are happy, serious, and realistic. Now, of course, they can have some of both of these. Now, they're not going to be happy and realistic or negative. Not going to fall into both of those, most likely, unless they're kind of in the middle. But you could be both serious and realistic. A person who tends towards a more realistic view can have trouble keeping friends. They may become easily sad or frustrated, and they can see things from a more realistic or even a pessimistic point of view. So I want to get into ways to work with a child with this mindset, along with all the other tips and feedback for working with a child struggling with perfectionism, getting easily frustrated, especially when they feel a lack of control, as well as talking about our responsibility to versus our responsibility for our children, and then talk a little bit about mental illness or mental health when it comes to us as parents, and then that of our children, how it may or may not um, exhibit in them as well right after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. 
Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to get into tips for working with a child who tends to be more realistic to pessimistic in mood. So the first thing, so there's are, these are going to be a lot of little intentions. I know you're feeling really overwhelmed by this, Chelsea, and I know it's just like kind of an ongoing thing that's really wearing you guys down. So you want to pick a few of these areas and focus on them as much as you can. You want to get really intentional about helping turn this around. So once you start to turn it around a little bit, it starts to get easier and easier. It's going to be that first kind of I don't know what to say, like crank of the wheel, getting it moving in a different direction. Like, you know, when something's been moving in one direction, it's got momentum. You got to slow that momentum down, stop that momentum and try to get it going back in the other direction. That's the hard part. Okay. So once you can slow this momentum down, get this slowed down, and then you can get it turned around a little bit and start moving back in the other direction, it'll get easier and easier. So this is going to be the hard part, just kind of getting that wheel stopped and turned around to another direction. So here's a bunch of different things that you can do. Pick what you feel like is what's going to be easiest for you to implement, what you're going to remember to implement as much as you can on a daily basis. Okay, you want to share family stories with happy endings. 
you want to give notice before outings to discourage negative reactions. So you want to talk about where you're going, what some of the things that you're looking forward to about the place. So let's just say it's the zoo, for instance. You want to talk about what animals are your favorite, what you like to see, what you're looking forward to seeing, things like the otters playing in the water, the giraffes eating from the trees, the tiger close up from the glass observation, the elephants getting their baths, whatever things you find fun and exciting to see and do at the zoo. You wanna share those. Ask your child to do the same, to get them onto a better mindset about this, um, about this trip to the zoo. Then they kind of put in their mind the things they're excited about, the things that they wanna look for and find. And then you're going to talk about how you may not get to see all of those things today, but whatever of them you do get to see will be fun. And then afterwards, you'll talk about it again. What did you want to see that you didn't get to see? What did you see that you did get to see? Was anything surprising? What was the most fun about the trip today? So that can really turn around those outings. Also, allow everyone to share good things that's happened during the day, during mealtimes or before bedtime. Now, this isn't something most of us can do right now, but also once things are back to when we can get to spend more time closely interacting with people, you want to involve her in playgroups and encourage friendships with many children. When she's back in school, I don't know if she is right now, be sure to ask her to tell you about something fun that she did at school that day. Read books where characters solve problems with positive attitude. So one of the ones that comes to mind for me is Mia Hamm's book, Winners Never Quit. Many other really good books, What Do You Do With the Problem by Kobe Yamada. Now, I love his books. He's amazing. He has other books also, What Do You Do With an Idea and What Do You Do With a Chance? And I read these to my kids. They're They're really great, uplifting, positive books that get kids thinking positively about what to do with their thoughts and their ideas. Another one that also fits into helping her work on the perfectionism is called Beautiful Oops, also recommended in that same vein, the book called The Dot, which is also along the same lines. It's about making a mistake, but that sometimes mistakes are beautiful, that they turn out to be something really amazing if we give them a chance. Um, And then also another Kobe Yamada book is called Trying, T-R-Y-I-N-G, Trying, another great book. Um, There's also, he has another, also another book, might as well mention it, it's called Maybe, and it's, yeah, Maybe. It's about how how we're all unique and how we all have unique gifts to bring to the world, how we can develop those and bring those out to share. And so that's also another very uplifting message to, um, to read and to share with her. And reading these books, she'll likely be much more open to the messages because it's not a lecture and you can sit and you can talk and you have dialogue about the books right in the middle. When you have an interesting idea come up that you wanna talk about or at the end, she's probably a lot more open to talking about and listening to the messages in the books. So you wanna talk to her about positive, happy things in life. Tell her when you see her enjoying activities and being happy, let her know that you appreciate her. So these are all things that you wanna bring up. This is focusing on the positive. Now I'm sure you're doing many of these things, but what you wanna do, like I said in the beginning, you wanna get super intentional with them. When you see her laughing and happy or enjoying something, you wanna point it out. I love that you're enjoying this game. You have such a great laugh or you have such a great smile. It leads to one of my general tips, one-on-one parenting, because we all forget to do this. So just in general, like I said, focus on the positive. We all forget to do this. I do too. Tell your kids when they're being helpful, independent, responsible, making good choices of any kind, showing empathy and kindness, showing happiness and gratitude. Point it out. 
You got dressed all by yourself today. That's very independent. Thank you for throwing away the trash from your lunch without me even asking. That's very helpful. Thank you for helping put the toys away the first time I asked. You made your little sister laugh. I love seeing you enjoy your time together. Anything positive you're noticing, especially if it's in these areas where you have been struggling with them or where they're normally a struggle, if you see the opposite, point it out. Again, there could be more personality traits such as high in intensity, low in adaptability, those types of things. So if you have a child with some additional personality traits that you want to help them become more flexible, have better reactions, more positive ways of interacting, um, the class on temperament covers these nine different temperament traits on how to guide your child regardless of where they fall on the spectrum of each of the nine traits. When they're high or low or anywhere in between, how you can help guide them more in a direction that you feel is more helpful and will make their life more successful and happy in the long run. Okay, so I'm going to get to some tips on perfectionism. So already the books I mentioned will help with that as well. And the focus on the positive also will help. So I'm going to talk about perfectionism here. Tendencies are found more in firstborn and only children. This is very common. Um, parents with perfectionistic tendencies are more likely to have children that adopt the traits. So and it, it's an important first step to take a look at our own perfectionism and how we manifest our own perfectionism. So I, for one, have some definite tendencies. So I'm right there with you if you have these. You know, I've calmed down a lot with age, but I do tend to set very high goals. I get frustrated when things don't happen as quickly or as easily as I think they should just because I've got the positive attitude. So it's important for us to look at what do our children hear us say or see us do that may feed into their own perfectionism? Are you putting yourself down about your own perceived shortcomings? Do they hear you speak out loud about yourself in unflattering ways? These are the types of things we need to make ourselves aware of. Positive self-talk. It's okay to say, I didn't do my best. I could have worked harder. I'll do better next time. Those are all good messages. But things like, no matter how hard I try, I'm not getting any better at this. Or I hate my legs. Or, you know, squeezing our belly fat and groaning or saying this is gross. Wh whatever it is. Um, we got to be really careful about those messages. These are the things we need to really be aware and catch ourselves doing. We need to be the example of positive self-talk for our kids. Not perfect self-talk, we're not perfect, but positive. That we're working and we're moving in the right direction. That we didn't do our best, but we're gonna do better and here's what we're gonna do to do better. That there's always a path to getting better. Wow, that was harder than I thought it would be, but I finished it. Things like that, that great positive self-talk. Okay, perfectionists need to be the best regardless of the circumstances or the practicality of it. It's this relentless pursuit for perfection while lacking the flexibility to learn from their mistakes. Now, self-esteem rests strongly on performance and product, the outcome. This is for perfectionists. So parents, we need to help them focus on the process of improvement, the process of learning, of enjoying the journey, and help them move the focus off of the outcome. How do we do that? We're going to talk about how much they've improved since last week, last month, whatever it is. Use encouragement and stay away from praise. I've talked about this a great deal in a lot of the podcasts. One of the very first ones on self-esteem, I believe I cover it also. But this is where we describe the behavior and label it. So I gave some examples earlier, just a few minutes ago. So the example, you got dressed all by yourself. That was independent. 
We're describing the behavior, you got dressed all by yourself, and we're labeling it independent. It helps them internalize the label as whatever, helpful, kind, friendly, independent, responsible, cooperative, you get it. Rather than the praise, which is the pats on the back. You're amazing, you got an A, that was a perfect cartwheel, I'm so proud of you. These are external, it's the parents, judgment, the other adults' judgment about how they did. Amazing, perfect, proud of you, right? This invites more need for approval. So we wanna steer away from that as much as possible. Okay, so this is getting a little long. I still wanna talk about the mental health aspect. So um, just a few more on the perfectionism side. Teaching that everyone makes mistakes, and those books are gonna be great for that also. Teaching that not everyone will be equal in all things. This is really important. If you have a child who things come easily to them, and then they come to something that doesn't come easily to them, that's a really difficult pill to swallow. Um, they have a really hard time with that. So they need to know that they're not gonna be equal in all things, that they're not gonna excel at everything. You wanna steer clear of reward systems. You don't wanna be you know, giving things for certain behaviors or for certain um, completions of projects. You wanna use positive logical consequences instead. So something like, Swimming hard at practice means you get faster at swimming. It means we get a cut to a championship meet. Now that's something for an older child. Things like practicing reading means we get better at reading, means we can read different books. A really great positive consequence for reading is a trip to the bookstore to pick out a new book. It matches, you get to read new books, we'll get you new books. It's that type of thing. So there's a lot more in the class teaching a growth mindset about helping kids see that growth is fluid, that they have control over their own improvement, that life's goals and directions are all up to them. I also cover all the tips on perfectionism as well in that class. But I wanna to get to the two more areas to discuss. So the first is responsibility for versus responsibility to our children, or really to anyone for that matter. We have a responsibility to our children to teach them how to recognize their emotions and how to manage them. But we are not responsible for their emotions or for their reactions. So when you have a child who's really struggling with their feelings, we're doing our best to give them the tools. And you may not be able to do it in the moment. You may have to do it afterwards, the things I've been sharing, like reading the books, playing the games, that type of thing. But we can let go of the responsibility for their reactions. When they are having a hard time, when they are feeling crappy, that is up to them to figure out how to work through it. We can't do it for them. We can't give it to them. They have to learn. So we have to let them work through it. We want to let them have their big reactions. We're going to walk away, let them work it through, come back and talk about it again once they're calm. Now, I know Chelsea, you said she really struggles with this, but you're just gonna have to keep working on it. Again, there's lots of games out there. I'm gonna go over in a second. There's also reading the books will really help, but she's gonna have to learn how to control her own mindset. This is gonna be a struggle for her. It's gonna be something you're really gonna work with her on. Um, you may even look into some things like uh, mindfulness and some meditation for kids. And I did an episode on that earlier also. So you may wanna go back and look up mindfulness look up mindfulness for kids or look up mindfulness in the list of episodes, read through that. There may be some great exercises in there that can help her become more mindful about her own emotional process. Now, we don't need to feel guilty that they're struggling through these tough emotions. This is a part of their maturation process. If this is a big struggle, you're gonna work on the emotion skills. And they do this best when they're calm, when it's just about something else completely. So a lot of books about emotions, games about emotions. I've talked about this a lot in other episodes also, but a few books quickly. 
Todd Parr, The Feelings Book, Wembley Worried, and there's also Alexander and the Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, something like that. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, there's tons of books, actually. In my classes, I have printouts, a pretty big list, actually, for to read to kids about emotions. Um, there's also a list in particular about books about anger. Um, so if you're a member, you can find those in the classes. Um, you're developing preschooler, the tantrums class, helping your child with anger. All of those classes include the printout for those books. You can print out and, um, you know, get online and order, go to the library, whatever you need, however you get your books and get a bunch of books to just read, which is great because when they're calmed down, and they're just, you know, ready for bed at the end of the day, or you're taking a quiet time in the middle of the afternoon to read, and we're not talking about this incident you just had, it's a much better time, easier time for them to learn. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about parents' mental health. I've gotten several emails about this over the years, about a parent who's dealing with a mental issue. They're concerned that their child may also have a propensity. Now, mental health issues are very complicated, and we're still at the beginning stages of understanding the causes, the treatments. Issues such as depression and anxiety are currently showing to be affected both by genetics and environment. So I think it's still difficult to parse out how much of any particular case of depression is genetic versus environmental. We do know that a toxic environment with a lot of trauma in childhood, be it poverty, abuse, war, neglect, these People will often struggle with depression and anxiety into a, you know, throughout adulthood. Um, also, spanking has been shown, a lot of studies have shown spanking, which is trauma for kids, have been shown to increase depression, anxiety um, in those children who then become adults. With treatment, there are varying levels of recovery. While I did study clinical psychology and worked for several years in the field, I never got fully licensed, and so therefore, I'm not an expert in this field. Can it be genetic and the gene be passed down? Yes, that is what they've found. They have found a gene for depression. But in any one case, one doesn't really even know if they have the gene to begin with to be passed down unless you've been tested for it. So even so, just like any gene, that does not mean it will quote unquote turn on or be expressed. You can carry a gene for certain traits and never have those genes get turned on or expressed. So I like to help people focus where they can. So it's important to be aware of things so we can take the proper steps if it becomes necessary. But worrying about things that we cannot control is also counterproductive. So you kind of got to watch walk both sides of that carefully. Um, for a parent dealing with a mental health issue or concern, the best thing that we can do for everyone is to take care of ourselves. Get the treatment, follow the treatment plan, stay aware of your moods, the internal dialogue, reach out to your therapist, your treating physician, stay on top of things, stay on your medications, get your medications switched if you need to, if you're on medications, if it's just not working for you anymore. Um, you know, just really staying on top of it. If something is no longer working, you want to practice your skills for coping, for communication, for self-care, all of those things you need to be your best self for yourself and your family. And this means it's okay to take a break. It's okay to say you need some time to work on yourself to um, some downtime to just kind of collect your thoughts. You know, it's being a parent is tough anyway. Being a parent who has some mental health struggles or any health struggles at all, you know, it's, or just a lot of stressors, it's just tough. It, it adds on top of everything else. Also, doing this self-care, taking care of ourselves, will teach our kids the really positive skills. So this is really important, too. You're going to pass down some really positive skills by really focusing intentionally on those for yourself. 
Know that just because you have dealt with depression and anxiety, it doesn't necessarily mean your child will have it, especially if you've had any form of childhood trauma that was a contributing factor to your depression. Be aware and keep an eye out though. If it is a concern, talk to your pediatrician. See if they think it's something that should be looked into further. Now, I haven't talked about children in depression, when it might have an onset, especially if they haven't had trauma. It's it's not, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done much research on this, so I don't want to really speak to how early it can come in. It's more common in teens, as far as I'm aware, because it's just a really tough time of life. But if a child hasn't dealt with any kind of trauma, to have depression at such a young age, I think is is um or to show signs of depression is as far as i'm aware pretty unlikely but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen so um you know i would love to have a specialist on at some point to talk about all these different areas of mental health with children whether it's a diagnosis of like adhd or asperger's or um, also other mental health concerns and issues learning disabilities um you know anxiety depression in children love to have someone on in the future to um, really engage with and teach all of us more about what to look for and treatments and ways to get the best treatments for our kids. So that's definitely something I'd like to do in the future because I don't, it's a really big, deep topic and um, something that I think is important for a lot of parents. Just be aware of, keep their eye on. Um, So it is something I've been wanting to discuss. Because it does actually present, when I say it, I mean depression, presents differently in children than it does adults. That is some of the stuff I know because I did work with children, um, with middle school and high school children that had varying um, mental health issues. So I do have that part of the experience. Okay, a little longer episode than normal, but I did want to at least touch on each of the pieces I could to as much depth as I could and still get to all the other pieces as well. So... There is a lot I didn't get to cover. For more on helping kids with their outlook and attitude, all the positive discipline classes help build a strong foundation for communication, cooperation, respect, mutual respect, including focus on the positive, also teaching a growth mindset, self-esteem, temperament, all the ways to work with and expand different temperament types, help your child with their self-esteem. You can see all 60 parenting classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Also, you may want to check out the latest YouTube video that I just put up on perfectionism and increasing frustration tolerance. That is on the YouTube channel for Your Village. If you just search Your Village under YouTube, I'm the top item that comes up in the search. And then you can find the latest video on perfectionism and helping a child increase their frustration tolerance. So you may want to check that out as well. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.